Hey, good morning, RCC. Hope you guys are enjoying your uh, your snow day. Uh, I've got my cup of coffee, and I have my very first Tom Brady Patriots jersey. I, I know. Uh, but as a Bengals fan, at least for this weekend, I'm converting to the religion of Tom Brady, and I am one of the 12. So cheering on the Pats today. Uh, shout out to Chris York, who gave me my first Patriots jersey. Uh, hey, as people are logging on uh, Facebook Live from the comfort of their own home, I'd encourage you to do two things. Grab a Bible, uh, if you have one, or another device um, to follow along today. We'll be in Genesis chapter 12 and Acts 10. Uh, as people are following, uh, logging on, uh, go ahead and comment in the sections below. It's a snow day, so we want to know what is your favorite thing to do uh, on a snow day. Comment below what's your favorite thing to do uh, on a snow day. Is it uh, just staying inside uh, by the fire, right? you got to love the fake faux fire, right? Uh, is it watching movies, going outside, sledding, building uh, a snowman, uh, putting your kids outside so they can freeze to death a little bit, <laughs> and then bring them inside? So comment below what's your favorite thing to do uh, on a snow day. Uh, so as people are logging on, just giving uh, uh, folks a few minutes to log on, uh, comment your favorite thing to do below on a snow day. Before we jump into the message today, I want to remind you of a few things that are happening in the life of our church. Uh, at any time today and throughout the week, you can always log on to rccsalem.com. So we are only doing one service today on our online platform. So we would encourage you to go to rccsalem.com and swipe left a connect card. You can fill it out uh, online. Let us know that you're here, uh, as well as any prayer requests. Let us know. We'd love to pray for you. We'll put all those links in the comment section below. I also want to take this moment to, to talk about uh, our generosity, our financial generosity. We've got a lot of big goals and big dreams uh, heading into 2019. And part of that uh, happens in your financial partnership at RCC. And so something like a Facebook Live, a snow day, really helps us highlight and just talk about the importance of online giving. Uh, we'll provide a link in the comment section. But again, if you go onto our website, swipe left to giving, uh, we have uh, two major ways that you can give digitally. One is through text to give. And that's a simple way. Just text the dollar amount to the number we provide on our website. And it instantaneously goes uh, into uh, our account. Uh, we also have an opportunity for you to give online as well as an automated gift. So you don't even have to think about it. Uh, one of the reasons why we do that and one of the reasons why we encourage you to take next steps wherever you are is because we believe that church is beyond a one-hour experience on the weekend. So for my family and I, we like to give as soon as we get paid. It's an easy way to, uh, to do that and to continue to be faithful to the mission of RCC and as a disciple of, of Jesus. And it's a great way for us to not forget. Because to be honest, if we gave uh, with a check, I, we would forget that quite a bit. So well, I want to encourage you to think about, if you haven't, uh, to give digitally, at least today online, if you never have, or, and, and to make me talk to your family about what would it look like to make that um, an online gift, a reoccurring gift, just a, a habit to sort of get into the swing of that. Uh, it's a great tool, a great resource to encourage our entire church to be generous. Uh, today, uh, from the comfort of your own home and my own home and this awesome fire we have going on, 
we're going to continue our teaching series. Uh, it, we talked about uh, our teaching series in January called Circles. And the big idea behind Circles is this, that circles are better than rows. Now, we love rows at RCC. We love the worship experience. We love getting together. Uh, I have loved seeing so many new faces over the last uh, couple of weeks and months as, as you're excited about what the Lord's up to at RCC. You're inviting friends. It's awesome. And there, there's a, um, there's a, uh, a reason for rows, and rows do a thing and, and serve as a function for us. But then there's circles that do things that rows cannot, right? And we've talked about that over the teaching series. We said that true belonging happens in circles more than it does rows. We said that praying for one another uh, happens in circles more than it does in rows. And we talked about real care. Like life on life, real care and accountability happens in circles more than it does rows. Now, we've talked about before levels of care at RCC. And the first level is a row, just coming to our weekend services. And a lot of people are getting warmed up to our weekend services. Maybe they've never been to a church or it's been a long time. That That's one level of care. It, it's comfortable. It's easy. You're in and you're out. You get to know some people. Uh, the next level of care at RCC is our care team. And if you email care at rcc.com, uh, we will uh, follow up with you and help you in your time of need as well as your time of, of joy. We've got a team that loves sending out cards of encouragement when you have a child or lose a loved one. Uh, the team loves providing meals to your home and those uh, high highs and low low seasons of your life. That's another way to feel cared for and loved, even if you're not connected in a circle. But, but we would say that the highest level of care and accountability, where real life happens, life transformation happens, uh, is getting in a life group, getting in a circle. Uh, so throughout the month of January, we've opened registration for you to sign up to join a circle. We'd love for you to do that right now uh, on on your devices, or if you can't because you only have one device, do it after uh, the message today. Because we really believe that circles are better than rows. Last week we talked about uh, barriers to circles, right? With our schedules and being busy and tired and not really sure what a life group is and is that weird or do I have time to do that? And so today we're going to talk about um, our circles of influence and expanding our circles. Now there's a reason why uh, the phrase is your circle of influence versus your row of influence, right? Because we all get the phrase, everybody has a circle of influence. Everybody has a group of people that they know or that they see every day. Now, I want to challenge your thinking because there are people in your circle, your rhythm of life that you see every day that you may not know or that you may not talk to. Chances are when you come to a service, even at RCC, there are people that you don't know and that you don't know well. And it's an opportunity for you to invest a, a relationship in them. So we want to talk about today, how do we be a, a blessing community? Because we all have circles of influence and we need to think about how do we intentionally bless and love on people that maybe be in our life group or maybe they're not. Maybe we work with them or go to school with them or live in the same neighborhood or community uh, as they do. In the book of Genesis, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to look at the first two verses. In Genesis chapter 12, 
the writer says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, uh, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. So from the beginning pages of scripture, uh, you see God's heart in the book of Genesis, that he creates a people not to just stand around or be a holy huddle or have secret inside, you know, church language. He creates a community of people for the sole purpose that the Lord would bless them. And in verse two and three, you will be a blessing all people on earth will be blessed through you. So he created a group of people that he could bless in the hopes that he would set that benchmark so that we, the people of God, would bless other people. That we would not be a church uh, or the people of God that would be marked by indifference or otherisms. That we would bless other people and bring other people into our circles. Now, when you talk about church life, and getting in a life group, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, when you find something pure and, and, and good for you, sometimes we're not always quick to share that, right? And so there's hesitations to expanding our circles. L let, me, let me give you some examples on the other side of the coin, right? We all have um, seen our favorite movie, right? When you go to the movies and you see a film that grips you. Maybe you cry. Maybe you have anxiety because it's so suspenseful. It moves you. Maybe it's a documentary. When things move us and are meaningful to us, we go out and tell people. Usually we do that digitally, right? Chances are if you go see a film, before you get into the car after the movie's over, you've probably blasted it on your social media feeds. Hey, you need to go see this film. It's life transformational. It's challenging. It's offensive. It'll make you think. You need to go see this movie. The same is, the same is true for like food, right? If you go to a restaurant and you absolutely love it, right? The, the wait staff is incredible. The food is incredible. Before you get in the car, maybe even before dessert, right? You're on your Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, if that's still a thing, and you're telling people you need to go to this restaurant and order this dish. It will transform your life. Now, how many of us are willing to do that with the church we belong to? or the group, or the circle that we belong to. Sometimes there's a disconnect, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a guilt trip, it's just an observation, right? Sometimes there's a guilt, there's a, a association with when we find a church that we connect with and we love those people, we finally, like as adults, we go, okay, I can take a deep breath, now I belong somewhere, and I belong to a group of people. And yet there's a disconnect because we're not we're not always quick to like promote it on social media. I found this great church. It's amazing. Life changes happening. People are coming to Christ. They're inviting their friends. Sometimes we're not always quick to do that. Many of you are, and it's incredible. It's awesome. And the same is true with our life group and with our circle. We finally found a group of other adults, right, that are somewhat normal, that love Jesus, emotionally stable, and want to walk through life with us. But time and time again, Scripture tells us that God made his people so that they would be blessed by him so that we would go out and bless other people. You see, church in our circle isn't just for us. It's for other people that aren't yet uh, in a circle. And when that happens, that tipping point 
the reason why that happens in church life is when churches decide to be a blessing machine. Like when you read the Gospels and Jesus says, I'm going to teach you something to the disciples and you need to go out and do it. He doesn't tell them to pack water and food because he were, he assumes that when people, the disciples go to different towns, they will be taken care of. It's part of a disciple's DNA that when you follow Jesus, you are a blessing machine. But honestly, if we're being honest and we're humans, sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes we don't want to go out of our way to bless people. Sometimes we're just grateful that we found our thing and we don't want other people in our thing because it's something that we get to enjoy for ourselves. Uh, Peter is a, is a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. And Peter, man, he puts his foot in his mouth way too many times. And Peter is like a lot of or some of uh, church folks today. That he loves the Lord, loves his circle, but doesn't really want to give it up. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 10. And we're going to talk about the story of Peter and Cornelius. Now, keep in mind, back in Genesis 12, Peter needs to be a blessing machine. Because he's a follower of the God of Israel, right? He's a follower of Jesus. And so the, the Lord is working in the life of a guy by the name of Cornelius, who's not a Jew. He, he's actually a Roman. And he's starting to awaken Cornelius because Cornelius needs to have a conversation with Peter. And what we're going to read is the Lord prompting Peter to have a conversation with Cornelius. Now, this is going to matter in just a moment. So look at Acts 10, verses 9 through 13. In the NIV, it reads this. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanting something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. So that happens a lot, right? It's playoff Sunday. Food's being made. It smells good. You fall asleep, even though you're excited to eat. Notice verse 11. Peter had a dream, right? He saw heaven open up and something like a large sheet uh, had been let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, this is problematic for Peter, who's a Jew, because there's some animals that you cannot touch, let alone sacrifice, because you would be ceremonially deemed unclean. Notice what happens in verse 14 and 15. Surely not, Peter replied. I have not eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Now, if, if you read the text, this happens like three more times. Peter has a thing with the number three. So Peter goes to sleep, and the Lord speaks to him in a dream and says, I'm going to give you animals you need to sacrifice. And Peter wakes up and says, Lord, I, don't you know who I am? I am part of your circle. I am an Israelite. I am the people of God. We are not allowed. We have, we have a religious book that says we cannot sacrifice these things. And God looks at Peter and says, Peter, that is about this. That is about this. Because ultimately, Peter, what I need you to do is I need you to talk to Cornelius, who's not part of your circle. He's not an Israelite. He's not a Jew. He, he's a Roman centurion. But he loves the Lord. He's very generous with his finances, maybe even more than Peter. And he has a great reputation. And so Peter says, and hears from the Lord, don't call Cornelius impure or unclean 
when I say that Cornelius is pure and he is clean, he is a follower of God. And so in that moment, Peter has his mind blown that maybe the people in his circle needs to be expanded a little more. That there are people outside of the Jewish community that actually want to follow Jesus. But yet Peter, like some of us, was so happy to have his little circle. He didn't want to bless other people. He didn't want to have that conversation in Cornelius. And if we're being honest, the Lord is exposing Peter's bigotry. Maybe even his racism. Maybe, maybe some of his upbringing is kind of coming out, whether he realizes it or not. And the Lord says, Peter, you need to have a conversation with this person. And Peter says, I don't want to talk to this person. I have my group of people. I have my little holy huddle, my church people. And, and the Lord says, Peter, no, 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 no. Cornelius is in. You need to go talk to him. And Peter has this mind-blowing moment that maybe his circle needs to expand a little bit. And he expands his circle through blessing. Notice what happens in Acts 10, 28 and 29. You are all well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or even visit a Gentile. Talk about Cornelius. And a Gentile is anybody that's not, not a Jew. So Romans were Gentiles. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, for when I was sent out, I came without raising any objections. Can, imagine the growth that Peter had in that moment. That God was willing to work through Peter's bigotry, through Peter's isolation, through Peter's otherness, where he said, you know what, I got my circle, I don't want anyone else involved. And I love this statement of spiritual growth in Peter's life. In Acts 10.34, Luke says, Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Like God's circle is bigger than what I thought it would be. But accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And then at the end of Acts chapter 10, verse 46 and 47, Luke says, For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So they ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few extra days. Think about that. Peter had an understanding that his circle was only so big. Then the Lord blew his mind. And maybe, hopefully, you had those moments. And Peter realized, wait a minute, this gospel message isn't just for the Israelites. It's not just for the Jews. It's for everybody. And Peter realized that it's possible to be a Roman and a Christian at the same time. Now, in the first century, that's a big deal. Because the Romans oppressed the Jews. And they wanted the Messiah to come and overthrow the empire. And so when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, they thought it was a real political, physical entity that would knock off the Roman empire and the Roman political system. But it wasn't about that. The kingdom of God was ultimately about sharing the gospel message with everybody. And as Peter grew, and that's what I love about the Bible. You see Peter's ignorance and over time, his spiritual development and his spiritual journey, he grows to maturity and says, everybody needs to be part of the Jesus circle. Even if I didn't think they should be in the first place.
what an, what an incredible realization that Peter has. So let's talk about next steps, okay? Let, let's put some skin on this sermon. And let's talk about some a- application. I want to invite you into the blessed challenge. And we'll put this in the comments section below. And the blessed challenge is simply, it's just a little ac- acronym, okay? And, and the letter B means begin with prayer. So we, we want to encourage you as a staff and leadership in a church, begin praying, Lord, what is one, who is the one person you want me to bless this next week or in the month of January? And sometimes we just think that um, we just go for the person that we're most comfortable with. But sometimes if we seek the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, who do I have permission? What a great way to word your prayer. Who do I have permission to bless this week? And I want it to be, I want to encourage you, let it be someone that is in your bigger circle, but not in your immediate circle, right? The same with Peter. Cornelius was on the outer realm of uh, Peter's circle, and he had to realize that I need to bless him. The, the letter L, so B is begin with prayer. L is listen, create an opportunity to get together with them and listen, just listen to their story. Oftentimes Christians are known for what they're against and not what they're for. We need to we are for everybody. We are for people. So pray, begin with prayer, invite a conversation where you listen to them. And it could be someone completely different than you, right? And then letter E is my favorite. Eat. Share a meal with them. There there is something happens that when we share a meal our uh, our um our uneasiness begins to settle, right? We have things, this sounds silly, but we have things to do with our hands, right? We have a fork, a knife, a drink in front of us, a plate of food. When you share a meal with someone, you give them the grace of blessing back in Genesis chapter 12, an opportunity to hear someone's story. It's one of my greatest joys that I have as a pastor. I get to meet people all the time. But can you imagine if our entire church, all 300 of us, we're intentional about having coffee or sharing meals with other people just to hear their story. The, so we've got begin with prayer, listen, eat with people, and then find a way, ask to serve them. Go out of your way to bless them. And it could be something as simple as a text, something as simple as a meal if someone that you know just had a baby or lost a loved one. I mean, I we trust your imagination. Uh, So find a way to serve them. So begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve. And the last one is for S is story. Over time, as you gain trust with people on the outer realms of your circle of influence, they want to know your story. Why are you so different? Why are you so generous? Why have I never met a Christian before that was willing to listen to me, to pray for me, to share a meal with me, to serve me, and was willing to share their story with me. That's how we expand our circle of influence, friends. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. When we expand our circle of influence and we be generous, we get higher ceilings and not wider walls. And with higher ceilings, we gain a larger influence with our friends, our church, and our community. Thanks, guys, for joining us for our Facebook Live uh, teaching for week three. I want to invite you back to our weekend services at 9.30 and 11 at Rockingham Christian Church at 2 Key Wayne Drive. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If this message touched you or you want to take a next step, 
you can comment below or click on the link at rccsalem.com slash next steps. Hey, have a great snow day. Go Pats, and we'll see you next weekend. God bless.